Um, so everybody, Trisha McCall is a psychotherapist and supervisor working in private practice in Galway since 2006. In 2019, she went into partnership with Mind and Body Works, who operate two psychotherapy and counselling centres in Dublin and opened a centre in Woodkey. They have a team of 15 psychotherapists and psychologists who offer counselling to adults, couples, adolescents and children. They offer a wide range of therapies, including CBT, EMDR and art therapy. They also offer a low-cost counselling service which is provided by mature trainee therapists in their final degree or master's year of training. They are supervised by accredited and experienced therapists to ensure they work ethically and professionally. You are so welcome this morning, Tricia. Um, uh, would you like to just tell the girls a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hi, everyone. <coughs> Sorry for the croaky voice. Thanks, thanks a million for coming on. Uh, to uh, listen to me. Thank you for inviting me, Jess, and I hope that uh, you might get something worthwhile out of this. Um, as Jess says, I, I have been a therapist practicing Goy since uh, 2006, but um, we opened this centre in Woodkey a couple of years ago just because of the high demand for uh, therapy services in the city. And I guess an umbrella organisation that therapists would feel that they could work under the Mind and Body Works umbrella, um, which has been established in Dublin for 23 years. And I guess in the last year, the demand for low cost counselling service, well, the demand for services are always high, but the affordability is, is a huge factor in therapy for people. Um, continuity because of lack of affordability um, and unfortunately the waiting list services in the HSE um, are just you know I think people I have a couple of supervisees that work there maybe two years people are waiting um, just to get to talk to somebody for maybe eight sessions unless you are in huge crisis and trauma so it's very very difficult for people to access services so we we developed the low-cost counseling service um, in response to that um, and there are other low-cost counseling services in Galway that provide the same service but we have a flat fee um, of 30 euro and if people can't afford that 20 euro and it's very transparent up front and it is not based on income you know, people feel, oh, I, I have a job, so I, you know, I should be paying full fee. Um, it's not income based. We, we, we believe that everybody should have access to therapy if they need it. Um, and these are senior trainees that, that need to do hours on placement with us. And they're very, very well supervised. And I interview all of the, the students. I'm interviewing more students today that come in on placement um, and they come from accredited training bodies. So that's the bulk of the work that we do here. Yeah. That's great. Thanks so much for explaining that. So tell me um, what's going on at the minute. Everybody seems really stressed out. Can you tell me us what's, what's going yeah. on? What, what are, what's going on? Um, I guess from, from what we're seeing, um, Obviously, during the pandemic, we remained open during the pandemic. Um, what we saw during the pandemic was a lot of, of um, crisis anxiety coming into the centre. So um, <clears throat> particularly in, I guess, adolescents, uh, teenage girls, there was a huge 
uptake of um, therapy for adolescents, eating disorders um, have kind of quadrupled um, over the time of the pandemic, um, particularly in younger girls. Stress, anxiety, um, and a combination then of stress and anxiety in the home and stress and anxiety. Anxiety is the one transferable emotion. So the anxiety that we're feeling filtering down um, into the family and the difficulty for everybody uh, at the time. So that was all very, I guess, expected that people would be having a crisis response to the trauma that we were experiencing because of the pandemic. But I guess what is happening now is, and I was talking to you about this, Jess, since things have gone back to a perceived normal, um, what we're finding is that people are, you know, trying to move very quickly out of something, which is still a trauma. And the response to it, you know, is what we're kind of uh, looking at as a kind of an urgency culture, that there's, there's a movement into urgency. I have to do everything. I have to get everything done. Um, you know, I have to get back to normal. We have to get life back to normal. We have to take everything on the way we did before. Um, and, you know, for a lot of us women, that means home life, work life, um, you know, and everything back to normal. And it, it is trying to remember that urgency is a trauma response. Like this feeling in us, this panicky, urgent feeling um, is a response to trauma. And we have to remind ourselves that we are not, we are only, we are not, you know, we haven't moved fully out of a pandemic. It's still ongoing. There's, and there will be repercussions ongoing. And I just think what we're finding now is people are coming to therapy for a general feeling of anxiety, a general feeling of unease, and a general feeling of, um, low mood and just not you know feeling i should be back to normal and you know it's all over and everything is opening up and you know but even the opening up for a lot of people has co has caused a lot of anxiety um the expectation to move back into into a kind of a whatever we perceived as our normal way of being um before the pandemic what's the trauma about in the pandemic is it that we all felt so close <laughs> to death or is it trauma from being in our houses so much or is it all i think um what we always say is well if what i don't i don't always say but the existentialists say it that if if all of our anxiety our day-to-day -day anxiety our neurotic anxiety um is definitely there's a reality in life we're all heading the one way we're all heading towards death but we can delay the thought around that day to day because we fill our lives with stuff when the pandemic arrived i guess we all were able to see this is actually happening and we have no control over this and people are actually getting very ill and dying and that's a very existential thought that people don't have to carry day to day. You're not carrying it day to day when you're in your 40s and your 50s. You're certainly not carrying it day to day when you're a teenager. Um, 
but that's the reality like for 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 people to look around and see people close to them and people in the community dying and and we can unconsciously like we can assimilate that and we can leave that thought aside unconsciously but it certainly has repercussions and i guess now it's around well does life you know i if i could be gone tomorrow i need to get everything done i need to to you know you know change careers you know change job do things differently because you know life could be over in a in a in a heartbeat and we have all seen that um and i think that that we're really feeling in here you know and the the therapists are really feeling it it's that feeling of panic that essentially we were able to kind of stay at home and could kind of cocoon ourselves mm -hmm. um and not have to really have as much of a panic response as kind of we are having now you know so i guess that's what we're feeling the urgency is is a lot of that how people are feeling very very panicked um and very very quick to react and i don't know if anybody has noticed the kind of oh, i don't know the the general feeling of traffic and people being very impatient and even this morning coming into work there was you know two guys shouting at each other out of two cars it feels very you know waiting to kind of bubble up to the surface yeah and it's you said that because when we were chatting the other day we were mentioning about the traffic and i was chatting to my husband joe afterwards he was mm. like oh my god he said, i would really thought i had noticed that people aren't letting you out as much yes <laughs> <laughs> i totally totally noticed that like yeah. literally people are staring straight ahead yeah don't let people out it's like no and this is i'm going and there's no <laughs> room and there's no time and and there's a kind of an underlying feeling you know of just a little bit of people are quick very reactive very reactive i think at the moment quick to quick to anger quick to response and before I ask you, like, what are some tips um, around kind of trying to make ourselves feel better? I just still want mm -hmm. to stick to the problems um, yes. just for another minute. Like, so can, does this manifest itself? Because I just I know for some people that are going to be like listening in later or might be listening in now that might have a symptom that they think nobody else is experiencing. Yes. But, um, could you describe some of the symptoms that are happening? Is it like heart palpitations? yeah i mean if if somebody if somebody rings us looking for and if i'm doing an assessment for for the low cost counseling um and i generally say what you know just very briefly what's the issue you'd like to deal with it will always be anxiety and i guess we always name it as anxiety without actually really knowing what is anxiety and how does anxiety manifest um for a lot of people there are um stomach issues um uh heart palpitations shortness of breath panic attacks um sweatiness a feeling of not being grounded a feeling of um but an overall feeling of panic when people start to think about even the day ahead you know waking up in the morning um and once your sleep starts to go then as well on top of obviously as we all know if you don't get enough sleep you are 
you know, you're just not properly able to function. So like that is what what the symptoms seem to be. And the first call for a lot of people with physical symptoms is the doctor. Um, because we feel, you know, and then the panic sets in. There must be something seriously wrong with me. I'm getting a heart attack. <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm dying. I I can't manage this. Uh, you know, and th- like a lot of people end up in A&E with, you know, and, and they are symptoms of heart attack. And panic attacks can manifest as severely as heart attacks. So the first protocol is always the GP because we'd much rather think that something is wrong with our body than with, um, you know, and because we, we are called mind to body works. So we do believe in the, the fact that we don't, we're not cut off here at the head, that these two parts are interlinked. Our head and our body are connected and we forget about that. So if something goes wrong with our body, because we're copers, 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 but the body will start to, you know, what we call somatic symptoms of stress. And then the body will tell you there's something wrong here. So we name anxiety as something very general, but essentially your body will signal there is something wrong. You'll go to the doctor, you'll hope for a tablet. um, And, you know, and I'm certainly a firm believer in whatever helps you and gets you through. Um, and people go on medication uh, and they need to go on medication and I'm certainly a firm believer in it but we definitely feel that techniques um, it, particularly through CBT um, and we also have a bodywork therapist here that techniques can be very very helpful in moving people into awareness of their bodies we are very aware of what's going on in our head there are all the racing thoughts all the thoughts but actually we forget your body is giving you the symptoms like 90 bacteria, gut bacteria. It's so important because 95% of serotonin is produced in the gut. So we forget how important nutrition is and the correlation. Your, your stomach is called your second brain for a reason. You know, your stomach is your second brain. It'll tell you. If you're if you're coping, coping, coping up here, your stomach will tell you, no, actually, there's something really wrong and you need to listen. I and I guess, a, yeah, I just think that's absolutely fascinating. It's like it's just so fascinating that your that your body knows when your mind isn't well, isn't, isn't feeling great. That's just well, I guess a lot of even if we think about a lot of autoimmune diseases that we can't we don't know where they start and they're real, real illnesses like a lot of chronic fatigue, a lot of ME, um, they are real illnesses. They present, they are real illnesses, but we can't explain what triggers the autoimmune response. Um, But, you know, some research has shown that there is a a correlation between stress and autoimmune response in our body. So I think it's important for us to remember that and getting more tuned into our bodies is the first place to start. You know, so it can be a very simple thing that people might feel I don't want to go to therapy because I don't want to rake up a load of stuff and I don't want to be talking over past stuff and I don't want. But remembering there's also room for just day to day. This is very difficult for me. How can I manage it? And, you know, what what remembering. Sometimes you just need a person to remind you 
Yeah. Are you, you know, are you prioritizing sleep? Are you getting movement? Are you looking after your nutrition? Um, and rem reminding you, reminding you how to slow down. Yeah. And, and giving you tips in terms of helping you to, to kind of manage the bodily symptoms. You hit on something so interesting there. Like, do you think some people are really scared of therapy? Because, you know, the way sometimes you see in films when they've committed a felony and they have to go and they've no, no choice. Sometimes I look at them and I'm like, oh, you lucky thing, because you have to. <laughs> and so then you can kind of, you know, you're, you're dragged there once a week and you're forced to <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. do you think the, the biggest fear for people is just they're kind of deciding to go, but then once they get there, they want to be kind of, pushed into it in a way but then they're they've gone there by choice so they're kind of worried about that absolutely i like there's there's a myth that people are much more accepting of people managing their mental health at the moment like they're actually you know i don't believe that's true we we, we have a lot of people attending but you know our service looks very confidential because nobody wants to be standing outside the door and having people looking over and going, oh, where are they going? Like it is, it is, you know, when I started training as a therapist, the biggest shock to me was that I was going to have to go to weekly therapy for the duration of the training. Like, so, do you know what I mean? It was like, me? I have to actually go to therapy. And then, oh, like the dread of it. Um, and I guess, you know, for me, therapy has been a life-changing experience for me personally, for my own experiences and my own, for, for managing uh, my own past experiences and also managing. So, you know, I'm a firm believer in it, but I also know how difficult it is to pick up the phone and make the first phone call. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is a really, really difficult step because you're admitting to yourself more than anybody else. I've actually reached the end of the line in how I can manage and how I can cope. Yeah. And, I, and I think that's a very scary thought because if you're a coper in life, it's very, very scary to say, actually, I need some help. I need to look outside of myself and say, could, could I access some help? And, and that's very scary for all of us because we want to be seen to be able to manage our own lives. And also, we want to be seen as people who don't make a fuss. Mm. And, you know, and really, and a lot of people will come in and say, I really don't have, you know, I wish I didn't have to come and I'm taking up room and I'm taking up space and I don't really have as bad problems as anybody else. So I don't really know why I'm here. Um, but I think that there's a relief in being heard uh, for all of us. And there's a difference between somebody listening to you and really hearing you and I think you know we have partners and we have children we have friends but a lot of time in life people you know human nature is yeah 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 anyway let me tell you about me and there's there, there's there's a space in therapy where you don't actually have to care about the other person sitting in the other chair you just have to care about yourself that's a very hard space for people to, to take. Um, you know, they feel very uncomfortable that this is not a two-way kind of thing. Um, and they feel very uncomfortable in taking up space. Taking up space in the world. As women, we were brought up not to take, take up too much space in terms of our bodies 
and in terms of ourselves as people, not to be too loud, not to be too angry, not to be too aggressive. So it's very difficult even to take up space to talk about yourself. So if I have a problem with my husband, I might go to therapy and talk about my husband. Very difficult for me to go to therapy and talk about myself. Um, and I think it is about allowing ourselves to say, can I take space for myself? One hour, once a week, can I do it? You know, um, and can I give something to myself? You know, that old saying of you can't pour from an empty cup. You know, people are very depleted, very exhausted. And it can be very useful just to, for somebody to hear that. You know, that's so, so interesting. Can I ask you before um, I open it up to questions and answers? Um, you mentioned it there about uh, like, so sorry, um, pandemic, nobody was able to do anything. Now people are, they have, they're running around and there's an expectation. They're trying to do loads of stuff, but at the same time they miss what went on in the pandemic. Could you just, um, do you have any like ideas or tips to share for somebody that doesn't know, or they want to do both. They want to also learn the lessons of the pandemic, which is all about family and slowing down and relaxing. Yeah. Also have to, I don't know, be ambitious, work in their careers. How do they marry it together? Any ideas? <laughs> you know, each of us are going to have our own response to what has gone on and what continues to go on and what we're managing in our life. But the one thing I do really feel at the moment and what I'd be saying to my own clients, what I'd be saying to supervisees about what's coming in is around this urgency culture. So it's the urgency response that we're all having. And overwhelm only comes in when we start to get very reactive rather than reflective. So I have to do it, I have to do it now, and I have to get up to the, the school, and I have to get back, and I have to, and I have to, and I have to, and I have to do this, and I have to do that, and then I lie in bed worrying about what I have to do tomorrow, worrying about what's going to happen next week, um, and it is very, very difficult to stay present uh, when you are constantly, constantly worrying about what is coming. Um, catastrophizing about what may or may not happen so like my biggest tip in that to you know and it's just a very very simple but and it really works for myself in stopping and saying what's the urgency the reactiveness and it is almost like if i could give myself 10 minutes before I respond to that phone call, before I text that person back, before I run down to the shops, before I, and if I still really feel I need to do this, then I can do it. But we are, we are moving through life in a very unconscious way. There's no time to, to just reflect. And people say, well, I don't have time to reflect, or, you know, I have to do these things, or I have to go, or I have to, and, Yes, there's a part of it, but there's a part of being able to, if, if, we, if we move through life unconsciously and feel constantly overwhelmed, when somebody asks something of us, we get resentful, we get reactive, and we get resentful. 
So we create more and more issues for ourselves when we don't take time to reflect. Where am I? Where am I in myself in relation to this person? Do I need to ring that person back now? Do I need to text them back? Do I need to meet them for coffee? Do I need to meet, go out on Friday night? Do I need to do this? And if I reflect on it, and I'm wholeheartedly saying, yes, that feels manageable, I can do it, then, you know, we can do it. But I think what happens is we get into a cycle of resentment. We, we work too much, we move too much, we respond too much, and then we start feeling resentful, we start feeling empty, we start feeling, well, what about me? Nobody's looking after me, like nobody's asking me, and we, we end up feeling more and more overwhelmed. So boundaries are very, very important, reflection and boundaries. That was amazing. God, I could listen to you all day. You are one of the most fascinating and inspiring women I've ever met. And she's, I, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this on to my husband and my children. It'd be just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you realise Do you realize how fascinating I am? <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah, if you, if you really knew her. Yeah. Girls, um, before we wrap this up, I'd love you, if you had a question, just to unmute yourself and put it to Tricia. So just unmute yourself there and uh, we'll just go into Q&A. If anybody has any questions. Oh, hang on. Dear, just coming in here now. Um, any questions? Anybody like to discuss anything? Well, you're all so shy this morning, girls. <laughs> yeah, I have a question, but I'm just not sure about the fact that it's being recorded. That's the only thing. <laughs> Well, you could do like a somebody you know. Yeah, but it, no, I can't. It's too. I can't be vague. Sorry, <laughs> it's too close to home. I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask another time. I'll ask another time. Isabella, if if you if you have anything you want to ask me privately, um, yeah, uh, you can contact me. I can I can um, give you my number, or Jess has my number, or you can give me a ring anytime. Anything you want to chat through. Perfect. Um, just about the bodywork side of things, maybe could you just explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so we have a, um, a few, like, this year I did a training called EMDR, and that's uh, eye movement desensitization reprogramming. And that is for specifically working with trauma. So okay. I guess the the... the the real feeling now is, and the real scientific proof is, talking therapy is not hugely effective for trauma, um, for you know, a lot of traumas that people are bringing in. Uh, talking therapy can be very re-triggering. So for any kinds of abuse, um, talking therapy can be very re-triggering. So EMDR is a, is an, just works with eye movement, and it actually, is scientifically proven to, um, oh God, I'm like, I put myself on the spot because I started explaining something that I really can never remember, but something to do with neurons and reconnection of neurons, some, something about neurons. Anyway, so that's one way of working and it's not a talking therapy. So you're not asked to relive the trauma, to talk about the trauma. It's just literally using eye movement back and forth and being aware of what comes up in terms of feelings in the body okay. or uh, images in the head. 
So that's one um, kind. We also have a, uh, there's polyvagal theory. And again, it is around breathing. It's around um, tuning into the body and feeling the physical responses. Um, and are you there as well? Yeah, sorry, feeling the yeah, physical yeah. responses in the, in the body and tuning much more into how the body responds. And I guess any of our Gestalt therapists as well who are trained in Gestalt, they are very much in tune with how the body is, how the like how the person is in their body. So there'll be a lot of work in the therapy sessions around, I see you're not breathing. Can you start to breathe? I see how you're holding yourself. So there's a real movement towards, again, that combination of mind and body, that the two are totally connected. Perfect. Thanks so much. I'll, I'll contact you definitely. Absolutely. Thanks so much. That's no So um, Trish, if people want to contact you or your practice, how do they get in touch? Um, you can just contact me on, on either my, my mobile or the main uh, Mind Body Works line, which I can never remember the telephone number of. Um, but if, if any of your family, um, you know, if, if anybody wants to access the services or anybody you know wants to access, particularly the low cost counseling service, yeah. um, you you must be over 18 to access the low cost counseling um and when somebody rings then it's me who does the intake so just if any of you want to avail of anything just to know that if you were ever to ring up anything that's said is completely confidential i just take down some details and then i scan them to the therapist uh, for gdpr reasons then we get rid of the details so you know, it can, can be very blocking. I know you can see me and then you can see me jumping around online in the morning and then you can think, oh, I don't want to ring somebody that I'd even halfway have any contact with. But just to let you know that I don't take, you know, it would be very confidential and I wouldn't take personal details from you. It would be a general overview or any of your family members or friends. And then I, I just pass them on to the therapist. Um, so uh if you if anybody ever wanted to use the service but, yeah so and can i call out the email address and the phone number i have yeah, it absolutely thanks million so it's a uh, galway at mind and body works.com and it's 091-725-750 091-725-750 yeah and if that anyway that number as well isabella goes directly to my mobile so uh, my mobile is connected to that. So if anybody wants to, to contact me personally, I'm the person who answers the phone. I'm also the cleaner. So if anybody knows a good cleaner, <laughs> I'd love a recommendation. I'm here on the floor this morning, hoovering and picking up dirt and uh, throwing out coffee cups. So if anybody sure knows any good cleaners, I'd be really Put grateful. your MyZone belt on when you're doing that, Trish. Thank <laughs> you, Isabella, actually. There you go. That's a good idea. Thank That's you. So my much. October challenge covered. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Thank you so much, so much for the It's just always so amazing to have you on and talk to you. You're an absolute fountain of knowledge. Thank you so much. I appreciate I really it. appreciate you asking me. I appreciate you turning up and um and listening to me blabbing on. So thanks a million. Well, Thank you. Right. Thanks so much, girls. Oh my million. I'll, I'll see you online. Good.